Our scripture reading today is 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 to 31. And our sermon title today is, We Belong to Each Other. This is the Lord's Word. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again, the, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated, treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, that there be that there may be no division in the body, but that the members <coughs> may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ, and individually members of it. God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles and gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts. And I will show you a still or excellent way. May the Lord bless us all in the reading of this word. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, it's good to see all of you here today. Uh, as we continue our trip through Paul's letter in 1 Corinthians, we see here Paul enjoining the church, pleading with the church to be united one. A church with factions, a church with many types of trouble. Paul earnestly beseeches the church 
to be one. We know through other parts of scripture, especially in 1st John, that there is a beautiful, beautiful purpose for our unity, for our ability to show love for one another. That by the mystery of the Holy Spirit, when we love each other in Christ, not the love of the world, not with our own affections, but the love that comes from Jesus, that we actually make him known. That he actually appears before us, is manifested. An encouragement both to the self, both to the other, and for the church as a whole. For our desire is to see Jesus and Jesus manifested and thus glorified before all of us. But there's another reason why we seek unity. It's because it simply reflects who God is. Reflects His love for one another. It reflects ontologically in terms of His being who he is. And for us to aspire to be like God, to experience the, the totality of love, sacrifice, our duty is to lay down our lives for one another and to love each other. Paul starts his argument by telling us who we are already. He reminds the church in Corinth that you are all baptized in one spirit. He reminds us once again that we are all one in Jesus himself, whether Jew or Greek, whether slave or free. Whatever background you may have, once you have proclaimed Jesus as your own, been baptized before the church of God, as an adult has made that profession before all people that Christ is your Savior, you automatically become part of the body of Christ. There is no sort of part one and part two to the Christian life. There is no part one, I become a Christian, and part two, I find a church and become, and become part of that body. The scripture teaches us that being one with God, coming to know Jesus, automatically places us in the body of Christ. And so we're not looking to make something out of thin air. We're not looking to create something that we have no blueprint for, but we're looking to create something that God has already created for us to walk in and to build. And so there's hope. And there's joy in knowing that what we are doing God has already put his backing, his spiritual power behind to build. 
Yes, there's work to be done. But think of the freedom that we have in knowing how many, no matter how many mistakes that we make along the way, God will build his body. Because that is where the spirit pushes and compels us to go. And so as you're sitting here wondering, here at CCPC, can God build this? What is this going to look like? Know for certain that as we obey the Lord in His Scriptures and walk in His Spirit, He will build this. And our privilege is simply to walk in it and to allow Him to use us in any way that He chooses see this edifice grow. As many of you know, the Super Bowl was held in Atlanta, Georgia. <coughs> and they had an interview with uh, Bill Belichick. You know, the, whatever you think of him and the Patriots, you know, just <laughs> let it go. Um, but they, they asked him about Atlanta. And how his experience was in uh, being here in Atlanta, being at Georgia Tech, using the fields for, for practice. And he said this, he said, it was the most hospitable Super Bowl that I've ever been to. Now he's been to nine, so he could say that. But it was the most hospitable Super Bowl. It's like there were so many volunteers everywhere helping us. And I can imagine those volunteers thinking to themselves, no matter how small my participation is or was in the Super Bowl, I can still say I participate in the Super Bowl in Atlanta, Georgia. And the joy they had in sharing that story that anyone there was someone like, well, that's like, well, what'd you do? Well, I, I held the water cup or whatever. For us as a body of Christ, God has given each one of us gifts and abilities to serve the church. But in order for us to do it well and with joy, we must keep our eyes on what God is doing and to rejoice in the building of his kingdom to rejoice in making his love manifest. Rejoice in walking in the difficulties because it's within those difficulties, the temptations, that God's grace, that God's love is shown. God's grace and God's love cannot be shown without difficulties. God's grace and God's love cannot be shown without temptations. God's grace and God's love cannot be shown without the messiness of a broken and sinful world. And so we walk 
knowing that as we encounter all of these, the body of Christ will overcome and will make his name known. Now, if you know Jesus, you are a member of God's body. And if you've been a CCPC for a while, you know that uh, for us, we, we understand membership is not simply saying, I know Jesus, and you go from church to church. But to be a member means to make that commitment of having that call, that pull by the Spirit that says, this is where I will put my lot. This is where I will make, I will struggle. And this is where I will grow. Every one of you who's a member here of this church, you are essential to this body. You are not optional. You are not the hat that you go and shop for and put on and take off. You are not the clothes in the, in the closet where you can go and take it out and, and say, hey, do you bring me joy today? And put it on or take it off. But that every single one of you who are a member of this church, you are essential to this body. And Paul makes this argument here. He says, listen, you don't even know that you have parts of the body. You just don't know. You just have it. No one walks around and says, you know what, I wonder if I have a finger today and look at, at, at your finger. And it's there. No one goes around sort of questioning the, the, the parts of the body that, that they have. It's like, I have a leg, I walk. You're unconscious of the fact that every part of your body is functioning the way it should function for you to live and to thrive in this world we have today. No part of your body is going to look at the other part of the body and say, well, you know what, he, he hasn't really used, used me lately, maybe he doesn't need me anymore, and just, just fall apart, fall away. All of you are essential and important to this church. For those of you who think that you are having the least amount to give to this church, God says that you are to be honored above all else. And to me, that means our children more than anyone else. Children who were born, the children who are innocent, the children who really have nothing to offer but to test our our, our patients are the ones to be honored above all else. For those who are new here and, and perhaps new in your faith and you're wondering, what can I do here in this church? You know, I'm, I'm actually just that, that half in the corner and you know, maybe the church will use me one day and, and I'll get the shot. No. <clears throat> you are as essential to make God's glory known in this church as anyone else here today. And so for you, stop 
thinking things like, well, if I don't show up, it's really not going to matter. I do not if I don't do my part. It really doesn't matter. If I don't pray today, it really doesn't matter. It all matters. <clears throat> Every prayer that you pray for this body of Christ and for one another is important to the Lord. Every time you show up and, and people see your faces and maybe you're having a good day, maybe you're having a bad day, but you say, you, say, I, you sit there trusting in God, it's a good day. Anytime you can serve in any way, in obedience to the Lord, is precious to God and precious to this body of Christ. You're essential. It's incumbent upon us as the body of Christ to remember that. For us, especially as members of this church, to honor one another. Simple things like really missing each other. It's really important. Simple things like thank you. Words of encouragement. Simple things. Seeking to love instead of being loved all the time. Long way. We must look at each other as not accessories to CCPC, but essential to the church that the Lord has given us. The second thing is that each one of us has a diverse role to play. None of us will have the same exact gift in this church. And that's to be praised. Could you imagine everyone here was just a singer? Well, what, what can we do? I had this wonderful blessing to have gone to uh, Indiana University to, to preach this one um, at a retreat. <coughs> and I went to the Korean Methodist Church there. And the Korean Methodist Church is basically all um, international students. They're all international students. And this, if you know anything about Indiana University, it has one of the best music programs in the nation. So I went there for, there for service, and I was like, like 75% of the church people were in the choir. I mean, it was a beautiful choir. And they sang when the, the pit and the orchestra was just absolutely fantastic. You know? It was like a free concert. You know? But then it was like 75% were up there, and there's like 20% singing, and I think they're just the, the spouses who came along. You know? And I rejoiced, but I also, I also had to laugh at that. It's like, wow, that's, that's interesting. Like, how do you get a church to run when everyone's gift is sort of the same? But we rejoice in the diversity of gifts that are here. Not only gifts that you see that are very just apparent and needed in the church. You need someone to preach the word of God. You need someone to, to, to lead us in worship. 
You need people who can disciple one another. Do the obvious things that are there. But we also have to know this, is that there are, there are gifts that are not as obvious that God uses to build up the church. And if you're sitting here saying, I don't know how to serve this church, or you're at another church and you're visiting, but I don't know how to, to serve this church. All the, the obvious tasks are taken. I tell you, open your eyes even more. Because if you really do love that church, and that church loves you, you love Jesus to the extent that you want to see his name being manifest. There are millions and millions of things you can do for the body of Christ. And you should be, you should be praising God that God has given you the time ability to see, the ability to think and pray, how can I serve this church in a way that perhaps this church hasn't seen yet? And you'll add to the growth and maturity of God's kingdom. Now we as the body of Christ need to be open to any gifts, to any passions that our people have that bring glory and honor to his name and to encourage that and to help and to walk alongside. So if you're in that camp of saying, I'm not sure what to do yet, pray. <clears throat> We've had ministries here start not because of me. And in fact, if every ministry started because of me, this would be a very poor church. Very poor. of the church is rich because of the people that God brings. And so I encourage all of you, each of you have been given a gift. No matter how big or small you may think it is. All for the good of the church and for the glory of God's name. Now, as we go on here, I, I, I still want to approach this, the rest of this passage in a different way. And ask the question, what are some signs of a healthy church? What are some signs of a church where the body of Christ is using their gifts and helping one another? What are some signs in, in the fact that their, their love really is growing for one another? Um, because this passage talks about that. 
on what our attitude should be towards one another. And I want you to sort of measure your heart, to measure our church's heart, and to, and to pray that the Lord would help our hearts to grow in these attributes. First is this, is there's a humility amongst God's people and not a jealousy. People are not jealous of other people's gifts. People are not jealous of how other people are serving God. But instead, people rejoice in the gifts of others. Rejoice in what they add to the kingdom of God. Do you rejoice in our church? In the people and the work that they put in? Do you rejoice, for instance, in our, in our missions team, in our children's ministry? Do you rejoice how they add to God's kingdom here? Do we rejoice in knowing that God is working in each and every one of us and are glad that people are doing things because we can't do everything? When you were younger, especially when you were in college, maybe you were in high school, there was a time when you thought you could do everything, and in fact, some of you did do everything. You were in every club, you ran everything, and you were one of those overachievers, you thought you could do everything, and for pretty much you fooled yourself into thinking you did everything. But as you get older, what do you realize? You can't do anything. You can really do just one thing. And even though you see someone else doing something that you think you can do better, there's some of you out there like that. There's some of you out there like that. Instead of saying to yourself, I can do that better, you say instead, praise God that so-and-so is doing this, using their gift to praise God. No jealousy. Just rejoice and see a brother or a sister serving the Lord together. There's a humility about that too. No matter what gift you might have in the church, no matter how you're serving, there's no sense of, of, of a person in our church saying, look how awesome I am. Look, look, look how wonderful this committee is. Look how wonderful all this stuff is going. My gifts, my abilities are better than yours. Now, you may not think it. At least consciously. <clears throat> but your attitude, the way you carry yourself, and reflect it. There's a humility in whatever we do, whatever we serve, in knowing all I'm doing is being faithful to God and trying to help this church to grow. Here it is, God. And knowing that it's not me, but it's the Lord working through me. Not for my personal edification, but for the edification of the body.
God's body, Christ's body, to grow. It's a humility. Related to that is, is, a, is a, a concept of honoring one another instead of condescending to each other. Is that in our humility, we, we honor each other for the faithfulness that each one of us is following the, God, following the Lord and contributing to the Lord with whatever gifts we have. And to really name that honor. Again, here it says that of those that are the less desirable parts of the body should be, should be more honored, should be made more known. So it is for us. It's when we see people do their work and do their task, we honor them. We encourage them. We thank them. There's a knowledge in us that, that what they're doing is the Lord's work. And we want to acknowledge the Lord working in them and give honor to Him. This isn't. Listen, this is not like business 101 about like how to make your coworkers feel good. This, we're not talking about that. We're talking about bringing honor to God by honoring the people who are working faithfully to the Lord. There is no condescension. Again, of looking at parts of the body and seeing accessories instead of people essential. Thirdly, as our hearts get knitted together, there is this idea that this is what I love the most <coughs> and being a part of an Asian culture sort of multiplies this, but it's we learn to suffer together and rejoice together. We learn to suffer together and rejoice together. This is the most beautiful part of being a part of the body of Christ. When one member suffers, everyone suffers together. Now, there's a couple of things I want to say about this. One, if there are people suffering, it is our duty as Christians, as brothers and sisters in Christ, to go and empathize and walk with that person. You might say, how long, how far? And I'll say to you, until the Lord comes home. Because that will be our church. Until the Lord comes home, we will be walking with people who suffer until the Lord comes home. You will be the one who is suffering until the Lord comes home. There are some of you who are suffering, though, especially in a community like this, who want to suffer alone. Who don't want to be a burden on other people. And that happens a lot. There are many times in my ministry where people will say, Pastor, I need to talk to you. But please don't tell anyone else. <laughs> and, they, and they tell me this, and I'm like, this isn't one of those things that you should only tell me. This isn't some weird. This is. There's. I've never heard anything from anyone 
in my years of ministry where I would say, yeah, you should keep that a secret. I've never encountered that. But instead, I say, you know, there are two or three people in this church who really, really, really listen to you and can walk with you. You see, in a sense, if you don't share your suffers with other people, you are robbing the church the opportunity to apply the gospel in God's presence in the life of the church. And that's not what God wants. God wants the healing balm of his spirit and presence to apply to all of us. So share your sufferings. Rejoicing together. This is another thing that, that, that as a church body that we should be doing all the time is rejoicing with one another. You see, there's no jealousy in the body of Christ. Now, this is hard, hard hard for us because we have these things called life stages in our, uh, in, in our medicine. And it's really odd because we, when I was growing up, we didn't really have this huge thing about life stages, but it's become such a part of the culture that we live in today. And we know that these life stages tend to get, have a hold on us so much that if we don't achieve certain things in our life by a certain age, that we feel as if we have failed in some way. And then what happens is that if someone else achieves something that we have not achieved, we can't rejoice with them because we want what they have. But scripture tells us always rejoice with others and rejoice with the body of Christ whether or not they have something that deep down you really want to I can still remember when I was in seminary and <clears throat> this example still sort of really rings true to me um, I had a friend, her, her name was, let's call her Elizabeth. And Elizabeth was telling me she just got engaged and she was uh, uh, afraid to tell her um, maid of honor. So she was like, I guess 22, 23. She was afraid to tell her maid of honor that uh, she just got engaged because her maid of honor had been in a relationship about four years through college and about two weeks ago, they had just broken up. And she was like, what, what, what am I gonna say? If I tell her that I'm being married, is it going to just destroy her? Because she's the one to get married and was dating this guy for such a long time and everything, and it just fell apart. I would not want to ask her to be my maid of honor because she's my best friend. 
I remember sitting there, I was 21 years old, just saying, oh, tell me the story, that's the story. And she, she said, I, I just prayed, prayed. And then I made that phone call, I know, you dialed up, I made that phone call. And she said, Elizabeth said, it was the most glorious thing for her. Her friend simply said, I'm so happy for you. I know this guy, this guy is perfect for you. Of course I'll be there when you don't And my friend says, are you okay? So, no, I'm not okay, but listen, with my, what's happened to me, thank you for being there with me, and, and thank you for keeping, keep walking with me, because it's still hard, but your good news is my good news. And then being two girls, she told me, they started crying, and they're like, okay, I'm out of here. We walk out of here. But there's a sense that no matter what, good that the Lord gives us is rejoicing with one another. Not a jealousy. Not why, why not me. But rejoicing the gifts that God's given. Either to build up this church or, or the gifts of the things of, of providence that the Lord bestows. Are we a healthy church? There's humility amongst us and not jealousy. <coughs> Do we honor each other and not condescend to one another? And lastly, when the body suffers, we suffer together. When the body rejoices, do we rejoice together? And I'll say this over and over again until the Lord comes home. There should always be a suffering together and rejoicing together 24-7. There is no rest in this. This is the body of Christ. And this is what we walk in. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 23 teaches us that we are his body, but Christ is our head. That we trust Christ in knowing how to move us and function us in such a way that this body works well together. We go in prayer to the Lord and we ask Jesus himself, Lord, use us however you want to use us. Bestow us whatever gift you want to bestow me to help this church to grow. We trust Jesus, do we not? He saved you. You belong to Him. There is no more fear of death. There is no fear of how this world will end anymore. There is no fear of how your life will end anymore. Jesus knows you and knows your heart. Jesus knows your, your weaknesses, your sufferings. And Jesus wants you to know that in the midst of whatever life stage, whatever wrestlings you have, that is normal. And it's in the midst of that 
Not after that, not before that, not when things get settled, not when things are unsettled. It's in the midst of that that your gifts are given. And it's in the midst of that that you can serve the Lord. For He is your head, He is our head, He is wise. He knows you, and He knows this body. Keep your eyes upon Him in the goal. This church is not about me as an individual. This church is about my brothers and sisters. My gifts were not for me to help myself feel better as a Christian, or to help myself feel as if I, I'm somehow really important. You already are. The gifts that God has given you are for the growth of the others around you. Let's let the light and the love of God shine forth. Let all who come into this place in our midst see Jesus and Jesus alive. And may we always rejoice. One day when we're in heaven, and we get to talk to one another and all the saints of old, People ask you, so what was your part in, in, in the Super Bowl of life? What was your part in God's kingdom? And if all you can say is, I did X, Y, and Z, you will rejoice greatly in whatever you do. And all the angels will rejoice with you as well. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace and your mercy. And we ask of you once again to build this church up according to your scriptures, not according to the designs of men, not according to the designs of our own hearts, Lord God. Father, we need this church to be close to you so that your glory may be seen. And so help each one of us first as individuals to come to you and repentance and to come to you in expectation Lord. teach us how to love you and to love this church as you have given to us may our desire to be to make your name known by allowing our gifts to show forth we thank you Lord for you we know that you will do you will do all of this in Christ's name